Hey guys, welcome to Positive Impact with Andrew Schultz. This is episode number 21. And each week we come to you bringing messages or people contributing a positive impact in the community and amplifying the message of inspiration, hope, and courage. People and messages from all walks of life doing meaningful work that matters, living into their purpose, and making a difference in the lives of others. And this week, uh, we are going to be talking about self-compassion. Self-compassion is something I've struggled with. Uh, and I know um, from my experience over the last couple of years, with, uh, especially the last year or two, with my work teaching yoga classes, teaching meditation, teaching mindfulness, working with uh, personal development coaches, uh, coaching clients, um, teaching at uh, re- retreats, doing workshops, the overarching theme of the work that people are in and the biggest struggle um, that I see people going through is self-compassion, myself included. And so this week's episode, I really want to focus on self-compassion, kind of what it is. We're going to do a couple exercises towards the end. So if you're driving, um, maybe the second part of the episode, you can pause and wait till you get home. Um, pretty powerful exercises that I've done myself, and I'm actually going to share my answers with you um, to kind of give you a, a, an idea of you know my perspective that might help your perspective. Um, but you know, self compassion for me, um, it boils down to treating ourselves the way we would treat a friend who is having a hard time. This is how I best describe it. Even if your friend blew it or is feeling inadequate or facing a tough challenge, we still treat them with compassion. Yet, so many times we don't treat ourselves with compassion, even though we treat our friends with compassion. And so I think Western culture places so much emphasis on being kind to our friends and our family and neighbors and other people who struggle, but not so when it comes to ourselves. You know, self-compassion is a practice which we learn to be a good friend to ourselves when we need it the most, to become an inner ally rather than an inner enemy. But typically, you know, 99% of the time, we don't treat ourselves as we treat our friends. You know, if we had friends treat us like we treat ourselves, they wouldn't be in our life very long. Yet, it's acceptable to treat ourselves yet we wouldn't um, tolerate it from others. You know, the golden rule, it's kind of misleading because it says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. However, we probably don't want to do unto others as you do unto yourself because we don't treat ourselves that well. And so it's misleading. Imagine that your best friend calls you up after he or she got dumped and they say, hey, And we say, hey, how are you? And they say, terrible. We just got dumped. I was in love with this person. Uh, They said I've been putting too much pressure on them. And they just want to be friends. I'm devastated. Well, if you said, (laughs) if you said it's probably because you're ugly, old, terrible in bed, 20 pounds overweight, 
and you don't really deserve it and you should just give up dating altogether. If that was your answer, it probably wouldn't go over too well. You probably might, chances are you'd probably lose that friendship. Yet that's kind of what we say to ourselves if we were in that experience. But that's not something we would say to a friend. So with self-compassion, we learn to speak to ourselves like a good friend. That's in essence how I look at self-compassion. So self-compassion, it boils down to there's three components. There's three elements wrapped up in self-compassion. And the first one is self-kindness. You know, when we make a, a mistake or fail in some way, we beat ourselves up more so than put a supportive arm around ourselves. Think of all the generous, caring people that we know who constantly tear themselves down, including us. Self-kindness counters this tendency so that we are as caring toward others as we are caring towards ourselves. Or we are caring towards ourselves as much as we are caring towards others. So instead of being harshly critical and noticing all the shortcomings that we find in ourselves, we're supportive and encouraging. Instead of attacking and berating ourselves, we offer ourselves warmth and unconditional acceptance. So self-kindness, that is the first circle. So envision three circles as part of the self-compassion. Second part is common humanity. This is a sense of interconnectedness, which is central to self-compassion. It's recognizing that all humans are flawed and works in progress. All of us. Nobody is immune. Everyone fails. Everybody, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody experiences hardships in life. Every single person. So self-compassion honors the unavoidable fact that life entails suffering for all of us without exception. Professional athletes, movie stars, politicians, especially, um, gurus, everybody. We are, we are all in this together, this community that we have. Um, everybody's going through shit. So even though it seems obvious, it's easy to forget. We get so caught up in our myopic world, in our small world, that we forget of all the other suffering that's out there. We fall into a trap of believing that things are supposed to go well and um, that something has gone wrong when they don't. You know, mistakes, hardships, things happen. It's normal. It's a fact of life. It's natural. So for me, I know I forget this very easily and I feel very alone and isolated, like on a deserted Island when I'm going through my stuff. And when I get, when I get caught up in myself and lose that self-compassion, um, it's really lonely. And so when we remember that pain is part of the shared human experience, And every moment of suffering is transformed into a moment of connection with others. It's an opportunity. So common humanity, number two. And number three, mindfulness. Mindfulness 
involves being aware of moment to moment experiences in a clear and balanced manner. Being present. It means being open to the reality of the present moment, allowing all the thoughts and emotions, sensations to enter into our awareness without resisting or avoiding. Which for me was not part of my story a couple of years ago, which is why the alcohol and drugs and the addiction and the downward spiral, I avoided, I resisted, I pushed away, I stuffed, I repressed. And so that's why I love this work because it's so transformational and it's not something I'm used to. And, you know, it's why is mindfulness an essential component of self-compassion? It's because we need to be able to turn toward and acknowledge when we're suffering to be with it long enough to respond with care and kindness. So what gets in the way is the way. While it might seem that suffering is obvious, many people don't acknowledge how much pain they're in, especially when that pain stems from their own self-criticism. Or confronted with life's challenges, we get caught up in problem-solving mode instead of pausing to consider and, and to be with the emotions instead of trying to fix it, to be with it and sit with it. And that's, if, if we sit with it, we heal it and then we release it and let it go versus avoiding it and never dealing with it. And then it shows up in other ways, not as harmonious and productive and healthy ways. So mindfulness counters the tendency to avoid painful thoughts and emotions and allows us to face the truth of our experiences in the moment, even if it's unpleasant. Yet, this is important to note, it's important that we do not ruminate and over-identify with the shit when it comes up because there's a fine line and there's a balance, right? The negative thoughts and feelings, it's easy to get caught up and swept away in them. So instead of saying, I failed, we have a tendency to say, I am a failure or um, I'm disappointed and we turn it into my life is disappointing. So acknowledging the suffering without exaggerating it is a great way to say what mindfulness is. So to be self-compassionate, mindfulness is actually the first step we need to take. We need presence of mind to respond in a new way. So those are the three components that make up self-compassion in a nutshell. Um, there's a really um, easy and simple way that I've learned to um, get acquainted with it and remember what self-compassion is. Um, and it's three words, loving, connected, presence. So if you want to write that down, self-compassion in essence is loving, connected, presence. Loving is self-kindness. Connected is common humanity. And presence is mindfulness. When we are in the mind state of loving, connected presence, our relationship to ourselves, others, and the world is transformed. It's beautiful, right? So here's what we're going to do. We are going to do an exercise. 
So if you're driving, please press pause. You can listen to it later, or you can listen to it and just not close your eyes. So how do I treat a friend? This is the exercise. So take a moment. If you're not driving, close your eyes. And for a moment, reflect on this question. Think about various times when you've had a close friend who was struggling in some way. Had a misfortune, failed, felt inadequate, and you were feeling pretty good about yourself. How do you typically respond to your friends in such situations? What do you say? What tone do you use? How is your posture? Nonverbal gestures? Think about that and write down what you discovered. And I'll give you a, a moment. For me, what I wrote down when I did this exercise, I wrote down, I remain positive. I encouraged them, provided perspective that this too shall pass, supported them, loved them, used a soft tone, nurturing voice, open gestures, open body language, expansion. Now close your eyes again and reflect on this question. Think about various times when you were struggling in some way, had a misfortune, failed, or felt inadequate. How do you typically respond to yourself in these situations? What do you say? What tone do you use? What is your posture and nonverbal gestures? Write down what you discovered. So, for me, I wrote down closed off, isolate, disconnect, negative self-talk, don't ask for help, don't reach out, Firm, negative tone. So, consider the differences between how you treat a close friend when they are struggling and how you treat yourself. Do you notice any patterns? I know for me, my answer was completely different. I treat others way more loving and supportive than I do myself. So it's a great exercise to do. One more exercise. And this one, this one is very effective. And by the way, the reflection on kind of how shocked I am or was when I saw how badly I treat myself compared to my friends, just know if that is your story and your response as well, you're not, you're not alone. 
we're all in this in um, the vast majority of people are way more compassionate to others than themselves. And so it's actually a much higher majority that people treat others better than themselves. And that's why I wanted to bring uh, awareness and shine light on this subject because it's so important. And our culture doesn't really encourage us to be kind to ourselves. So we need to be intentional with practicing changing our relationship with ourselves in order to counter the habits that for my 40 years or however many years we've been here to reprogram ourselves. Last exercise. Think about a struggle you're going through right now in your own life. One that's not too serious. For example, maybe you had a fight with your partner and you said something you regret. Or maybe you blew it on a work assignment and you're frightened your boss is going to call you in for a meeting to reprimand you. Whatever it is, write down your situation. And if you want to pause it, as I give you my answer, it might be a good way to do that. You can pause it and I'm going to give you the answers to the exercise that I have to give you a a perspective. And if you want to uh, just pause, you can go ahead and do that now. So for me, the situation, uh, I just put down $7,300 for the deposit for my yoga and wellness retreat in Whistler, June 17th through the 21st. And so I'm worrying, ruminating if people are going to actually show up. And that is my concern. Also, my buddy Donnie, who is probably my best friend, he is also hosting a retreat a couple weeks after mine. And I feel like I'm upsetting him and stepping on his toes. And um, I feel like I'm just feeling negatives, kind of like I'm stepping on toes and I shouldn't be doing this so close to his retreat. And I'm going to piss him off and lose his friendship. So a couple different things are coming up for me. Um, including is anybody going to show up at the retreat after putting that much money down? So that was my example to the first question for the exercise. The second question is write down any ways you may be lost in the storyline of the situation and running away with it. Is it all you can think about or are you making a bigger deal out of things than is warranted? For example, are you terrified that you'll be fired even though the mistakes you made was minor? So if you want to pause it, I'm going to answer the question again. For me, yes, I'm obsessing over it and all I've been thinking about, definitely making it bigger than it needs to be. And in fact, um, every person who responds yes or no to the retreat, if they're coming, I, at first it consumed me so much, it can, it, it would make or break my day. And my mood was contingent upon if anybody, if people that I invited to the retreat retreat were actually going to go. So, um, yes, obsessing over it. It's been much better this week compared to last week. Final question for this exercise. Now see if you can mindfully acknowledge the pain involved in this situation without exaggerating it or being overly dramatic. Write down any painful or difficult feelings you may be having, trying to do so with a relatively objective and balanced voice. 
Validate the difficulty of the situation while trying not to get overly caught up in the storyline of what you're feeling. For example, I'm feeling really frightened that I will get in trouble with my boss after this incident. It's difficult for me to feel this right now. If you want to pause, I'm going to answer this question from my perspective with the example that I've been giving you. For me, I'm feeling insecure that I will lose money and not be able to pay my bills and rent. (laughs) I'm feeling frightened that Donnie, my buddy, and others will be mad at me. Even though I know he supports me 100% and this doesn't bother him at all, and his generosity and always helping me is beautiful and he gives me content and support and love in every circumstance. And that's what I wrote down. Finally, write down any ways you may be feeling isolated by the situation, thinking that it shouldn't have happened or that you're the only one who has been in this situation. For example, are you assuming that your work should be perfect and that it's abnormal abnormal to make mistakes, that no one else at your work makes these type of mistakes? My answer, I feel alone. I feel alone and nobody can understand what I'm going through. So the last part of the exercise. Reminding myself of ourselves of the common humanity of the situation, how normal it is to have feelings like this and the fact that many people are probably experiencing feelings similar to yours. For example, I guess it's natural to feel frightened after making a mistake at work. Everyone makes mistakes sometimes and I'm sure many other people have been in a similar situation to what I'm facing right now. And try writing yourself some words of kindness in response to the difficult emotions you are feeling. Write using the same type of gentle supportive words you might use with a good friend you cared about. For example, I'm so sorry that you're feeling frightened right now. I'm sure it will be okay and I'll be here to support you whatever you need. Or else you could use, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to feel scared about the consequences. I know you did your best. So my words that I wrote down to finish off the exercise were, I'm so sorry you're feeling frightened right now. I know it will be okay. In fact, you're doing this to create space for others to experience an awesome adventure similar to your experience in Whistler last year. And doing it is out of service and wanting to truly help others and have a positive impact. Your intentions are pure and selfless. And so that's the exercise. And I really encourage you, um, you know, the reflection on the exercise, how did it make you feel? How was it? You know, I feel after I did this exercise myself, um, I felt so much more calm and soothed. And I really encourage you guys to do this exercise. Uh, Take the time. Like I said, if you're driving, if you can pause it or if you can come back to it and reference it later, uh, there's so much value in this. And there's so many different examples we can use to incorporate this in the exercise. Um, But the loving connected presence, which makes up self-compassion, 
Um, and you can always use new exercises or new examples in the exercise and always reference this podcast episode if it helps you. So that's self-compassion in a nutshell. And ironically, the thing is, Donnie was here, my buddy, he lives in Phoenix and he was here last weekend and we did a, a yoga event together and we connected and we talked about the retreat and I brought up my insecurities and this kind of example of self-compassion and kind of beat myself up. And he kind of just laughed at me and it just reassured me. He's like, dude, you're, you're doing, you're doing what we do. How dare you? He actually said, how dare you not do it? Because that's what we do. He's also in recovery. I'm in recovery. It's our job to go out and create space for others to experience transformation and to help others get through their stuff and to provide hope and inspiration and healing um, and create space for others to experience that transformation. And he said, how dare you not do it? And so it's just crazy, you know, the, the what we put ourselves through and this self-compassion is so critical to our overall health and wellness. And I know I've lost a lot of friends to suicide and uh, mental health and overdose and alcoholism and the self-compassion piece is just so important. And I encourage you to um, to share it with other people that you think it might be helpful for. Please incorporate this in your in your own life um, and treat ourselves what it all boils down to: treating ourselves like we would a good friend. So. That's it for this week, guys. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing weekend. Thank you again for all of your love and support and the feedback and the comments and sharing it with your friends. And uh, it's just so heartwarming to know we're on the right path and we're being the change that we want to see in the world and having a positive impact in communities throughout communities throughout the world. You know, we're in 10 countries and thousands of downloads and it's just, we're on the right path. So let's keep Keep up the good work. Thank you for all you do, the love and support. And um, let's be kind to each other. Most importantly, let's be kind to ourselves. Until next week, guys, love you. Be well.